Hello, my friends. Welcome again to the Bible Lab, the podcast where we explore major themes from every book of the Bible in order to see how each page points us to Jesus, who he is and what he's done. I'm your host, Andy Wood. Thank you for joining me, friends. This is our fourth episode looking at the book of Ezekiel. We have seen how Ezekiel displays the glory of God. We've looked at what Ezekiel says about the horror of our sin. And now we want to look at another way that God gets glory. It's not just in judging the sins of his people. It's by means of displaying his amazing grace. For the people of God, judgment is never God's final word. Grace is. Grace is Yahweh's unmerited commitment to the nation of Israel, to bring it back to its land and to give it new life. Grace is Yahweh's faithfulness to his covenant promise. This promise that runs from Abraham to David and even down to the Jews in exile and which has been extended to us as worshipers of Jesus. And grace is Yahweh's ability to keep his promise and to bless Israel despite her sins. And so a great way to look and think about God's grace in the book of Ezekiel is to look at God's grace toward his wayward bride in Ezekiel 16. Ezekiel 16 is one of those chapters that I mentioned in our last episode that uses uh, graphic sexual language to describe the vileness of Israel's sin. And it's a rather long chapter. I'm not going to read the entire thing. I'm just going to read a couple of verses. Uh, But the overall story is of Israel being found on the side of the road cast away, neglected as a child, and God taking that child in, clothing that child, caring for that child, marrying this child, and then this child using all the gifts that God has given, graciously given, to become a prostitute, using all the gold and jewels that God had given her as a gift to attract other lovers, using all the the finery and the clothing and the beautiful palace as as a way and a place to be unfaithful to her God. And it's, it's a dis- distressing picture, to say the very least. And after outlining all of her sins, God drops the hammer on Judah in Ezekiel 16, 59. He says, For thus says the Lord God, I will deal with you as you have done, you who have despised the oath in breaking the covenant. And friends, it's always bad when God says, I will deal with you as you have done, because we have all done wrong. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, and we all deserve judgment. And if the chapter ended right there, we would say, yeah, I mean, that's a hard word, but it's it's right. It's right for God to deal with sinners like that. But thankfully, the chapter doesn't end there. Shockingly, go, God goes on to say, yet, yet I will remember my covenant with you in the days of your youth, and I will establish for you an everlasting covenant, and I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Friends, God does not meet Israel in her sin. He does not meet us in our sin and say, do better. How could you? How dare you? Do better. This is not a pull yourself up by your bootstraps message. That's far from the Bible. This is outrageous grace. This is God looking and knowing better than we do just how vile our sin is, just how outrageously guilty we are in saying, yet I will be faithful. Yet I will be good. And friends, this is outrageous, amazing grace grace. God takes the initiative to overwhelm the people of Judah with love and forgiveness. He is going to win her heart back. And that is what God has done for us. So let's look at God's gracious transformation of his people through his spirit, namely in Ezekiel 36 and 37. In this section of Ezekiel, the destruction of Jerusalem and the exile has happened. The people of God are sitting off in exile and they feel like all hope is lost. But God is faithful, so hope is never lost. 
And in this section, Ezekiel prophesies about the future gift of the Spirit, the Spirit of God who would come and transform God's people. Friends, God isn't just going to forgive us. He's going to change us. He forgave Israel throughout the Old Testament, but that forgiveness was only skin deep. It didn't penetrate their hearts. And without new hearts, that group of people was going to just keep making the same mistakes over and over and over. But following the exile, Yahweh is going to restore his people. He's going to cleanse a remnant, that idea that we talked about in Isaiah, and he's going to do heart surgery on them. Ezekiel 36, 25, God says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from your idols, I will cleanse you. So first God's going to cleanse his people. And then he goes on to say in the very next verse, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. So not just forgiveness, not just cleansing, but heart transformation, spirit transformation. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, this hard heart that resists and rebels against God's word, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and I will cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Israel's heart, just like our heart, which was meant to be soft and responsive to God, was a rock. And our heart was like that before we met Jesus. Israel, just like us, didn't need just a little help or a little nudge. They needed a whole body cleansing and a heart transplant. And now Ezekiel's promise is not something brand new. This is very similar to what Moses promised almost 900 years ago in Deuteronomy 30. Deuteronomy 30 is Moses' prediction about the people of God going into exile and how in exile, God will meet them there and bring them back and do something in them. He says in Deuteronomy 30, verse 6, The Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. So for Moses, it was a heart circumcision. For Ezekiel, it's a, it's a new heart altogether, but these are just two different ways of describing the same reality. God not just forgiving our sin, but transforming us into a new kind of person. A new kind of person who will truly follow God because he's changed them from the inside out. As Paul says, Romans 8, 7, the mind that is set on the flesh, the mind that we're all born with is hostile to God for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. So before we met Jesus, we not only didn't obey God, we couldn't obey God. Not because the law was too hard or too confusing, but because we didn't want to. And even if we did the right thing, we did it so we would look good. So we did the right thing for the wrong reason. We were utterly dead. And that's the point of Ezekiel's vision of the valley of dry bones. In Ezekiel 37, he's taken out and he's shown a valley full of dry bones. The hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley was full of bones. And he led me around among them. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And behold, they were very dry. And this picture of death is not just of the nation as a whole, that they're exiled, cast off from their land, seemingly dead as a nation. But this is a picture of each individual apart from Christ. As Paul says in Ephesians 2, before you met Jesus, you were dead in the trespasses and sins. He says, we all used to live in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires, the body and the mind. We were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So that, that was all of us. We, we were spiritually dead, which means we were walking around sinning, dead to God, dead to his glory, dead to his goodness, dead to his law. We had no interest in these things. That was us. That was Israel. 
But just like God graciously takes the initiative to transform Israel, God graciously took the initiative to transform us. Paul goes on to say, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Through the word and the spirit, Yahweh did, does, and will make the dead live. And we now live with new desires. And part of that new desire is to obey God's law. The law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. This is Romans 8, 2. He goes on to say in verse 11, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. God is in the resurrection business, my friends. And it's not something we earn. It's not something we can purchase. It is a gracious gift. Yahweh looks down on sinful people dead in their sins under his wrath. And God gives them life. He gives them life through the death of his son. He gives them life through his spirit. And he gives them life in part so that we will obey his law, that we will love him and love our neighbor in the strength that he provides so that God's kingdom can advance and his glory can be made known. So that may, may that be more and more true in our lives as well. So friends, the next time we come together, we're going to look at some lessons we can take away from the book of Ezekiel. But for now, take up and read. God bless. 